This podcast series is brought to you by Elekanyani Ndlovu. For more details, visit elekanyani.com. My name is Elekanyani Ndlovu and welcome to Manifesto. Manifesto is about more than our individual stories. It's about exploring a narrative that is made up of each and every one of our voices. Manifesto is about shattering our deepest stereotypes and exposing the brilliant truth that resides in our hearts. I am Manifesto. You are Manifesto. We are all Manifesto. If you're listening to this podcast, it means you have access to the internet. Not everyone does. We should all want to participate in equalizing the playing field, not just for women, but for all disadvantaged groups. If you have access, it is your generational responsibility to make sure that others have access too, because without the voices before you, there would be no room for you at the table either. Individual opportunity does not exist. Opportunity is created through the collective. So if you want to improve your own experience and activate your own agency, you need others to have access to. Nobody exists in isolation and connectivity enables more access and agency for all of us to collectively participate and create more opportunities sustainably. This week, I'm talking to an old, old friend of mine. Her name is Sibule Lemvana. Sibu is the Managing Director at Net Equity Networks. Net Equity Networks is an infrastructure sharing entity that is in partnership with Facebook. This partnership aims to bring high-speed internet access to rural communities around the world. Sibu has an MBA and an electrical engineering degree from the University of Cape Town. She has served on various boards and has led multidisciplinary engineering teams to deliver international projects. Sibu, welcome to Manifesto. Thank you for having me, Ele. What is the digital divide? The digital divide happens because people cannot get access to technologies, whether it's because of affordability or because of a lack of infrastructure. Out of a population of about 7.7 billion people, only 2 billion people are digitally connected. That's roughly... 30% of the world population. Yes, and in Africa, that's about 78% of African females who are not connected. Being digitally excluded means that those people will not be able to compete in the labor market. They won't have access to information and possibly will be less inspired than the rest of us who are connected to the rest of the world and who understand what's actually going on in the current trends in the world. In last week's episode, we spoke about how only 22% of African women have access to the internet. Mm -hmm. And what I was saying is that we need to stop and think about the fact that just under 80% of us don't have access to the internet. Mm -hmm. Why does internet access matter? So the internet has become a basic social necessity. It really is a necessity that empowers us and gives us such a social platform to participate with the rest of the world. The internet has actually changed our lives completely. It's changed the way we communicate. It's changed the way we work. It's changed the way we learn and how we engage with the world around us. In fact, because of the internet, some of the most disadvantaged people can now set up businesses. They can access financial services and even government services. Sibu, why does all of this matter? 
And as women, why should we be having this conversation? Infrastructure is actually so gender biased. Think about the connotations of this. You know, if you were to go to a bathroom at a restaurant or any public place, you'll find that women generally queue to get into the bathroom compared to the men who simply just walk in. And this is because most of the infrastructure that has been designed has not really been designed with women in mind. We now need to take that and we need to ensure that as women, we participate in the economy to make sure that our needs are also taken care of. Previously, our mothers didn't have those options. Now we do. This becomes even more important, especially in the telecommunication space, because the internet and telecommunications, it's actually driving what the new society is going to be like. And if we as women do not stand up and participate and share our views and experiences and influence policies, influence regulations, influence reforms, influence why things are the way they are, we are not going to make the necessary change that we need to make. Us who have, have to stand up and fight for those who don't have. You're totally right. I mean, one of the reasons that I'm fascinated about this space is because I really think and feel that the society that we live in today needs to be shaped by us. And we need to ensure that we don't stand on the sidelines anymore. We participate and we make our voices heard. With the example of the toilet and the bathrooms, we get so accepting of the status quo that we develop coping mechanisms. We follow each other to keep each other company. We actually have company while we stand in these queues. And it's only 22% of us that have access to the internet as African females. So if we don't do something about it, what happens to the other 78? And as technical as this conversation may be, ultimately it's about the economic sustainability of females and of Africans in general. How do we create an information society that accommodates the needs, aspirations, and visions of Africans and African females? Ellie, we do this by really giving women and Africans in particular access to internet, right? We've got a misconception that where there's coverage, there's connectivity, and that's not true. Sometimes you can have an area that has coverage, but there's no connectivity because of four things, mainly infrastructure, affordability, consumer readiness, and the content and services that are provided. What are the policy gaps or infrastructure deficiencies? So some of the policy gaps revolve around how we've been looking at fiber over the last couple of years. Fiber should be looked at as critical infrastructure. If we look at fiber as critical infrastructure, it means that we will be able to fund it like critical infrastructure that can be funded over a longer duration. This is around about 20 to 30 years. Currently, fiber is seen as a commodity, which rarely bodes the challenges that we have in terms of financing these type of projects. Why fiber? So... A single strand of fiber has about 10,000 more capacity than microwave, which is currently used as a means of communication right now on cell towers. Also, based on Nielsen's law, optical fiber is actually the only communication medium that's capable of keeping up with bandwidth demand beyond 2026, right? So fiber is the only medium that actually can give us that longevity that we need when it comes to telecommunications. Fiber is this very thick data pipe. So even if we connect more people onto the data pipe, the actual cost of connectivity does not go up. So how do you plan to give everyone affordable high-speed internet access? So we plan to make high-speed internet access available for all by actually bringing 85% of the population at least within 250 meters of a fiber network by fiberizing the electrical grid. 
As we speak right now, 97% of the world has cell tower coverage, right? Which means that signals are going everywhere. But only 10% of those towers are connected to fiber. Yet, over 80% are connected to the electrical grid. So the second part worth highlighting is that the topology of the fiber network and the electrical grid is virtually identical. That means that following the electrical grid is actually a viable strategy. So at NetEquity, the way we think about the connectivity problem, that if we can make the recurring costs of internet connectivity as low as television, adoption to the internet will follow. This is the big theory that we're working with right now. The problem from a telecoms point of view is that everyone turns to the telecoms to bridge the digital divide. Telecoms have this problem where their average revenue per user is actually declining, yet the data consumed per customer is rising. Telecoms are actually struggling to show their shareholders how a return will materialize if they were to make those capital investments. The one solution which excited us when we looked at it, it was a model that's actually being applied by a company called Reliance Geo, which is in India. It was started in 2016, and we saw that this operator entered the Indian market in September 2016. Today, they are the largest market share in India. This was made possible because bulk of their capital was actually spent on fiberization. The Reliance Geo story actually resonates with us because our thesis is actually very simple. We believe that following the electrical grid to deploy fiber and financing fiber like a public utility and distributing bandwidth through an open access network can modernize the electrical grid and bridge digital divide with one investment. That's a big audacious goal and I absolutely love it. Sibu, thank you so much for making the time to talk to us today. Thank you for having me, Ellie. Internet access is necessary for everyone because it creates access to employment, to education, and resources that may not immediately be accessible. Connectivity also creates opportunity to learn, to access information, and people who are able to equip you with necessary resources and skills. By enabling connectivity for more women, more experiences, realities, and resources can be shared, legitimized, and integrated into the professional and the personal. As with anything, whether it's activism, policy, or socioeconomic shifts, voices are only taken seriously when there are enough of them. As women in society, our ideas, experiences, and voices are often silenced and erased through enabling more women and empowering a community of leaders through connectivity and access to connectivity, we are able to support one another faster, we are able to distribute resources, information and opportunities within our community of women so that the barriers no longer stand in the way of professional growth, personal support and access to economic mobility. So I challenge you to reflect on your privilege of connectivity and see how you contribute to equalizing the playing field and how you can help women around you who may not have access so that they start having access too. Sibu's project is at a much more macro global scale and it resolves the issue around infrastructure and hopefully affordability. However, the digital divide has other elements to it, such as content and consumer readiness that affect the inequality and the gender divide that we see. 
My challenge to you is that if this resonates with you, what will your part be? Next week, I'll be sharing my journey with engineering, the good, the bad, and everything in between. How I ended up studying engineering and how I've stayed in engineering despite it all. I would love to hear from you. Please share your thoughts, ideas, and experiences with me on erendlovu.com or send an email to womanifesto at erendlovu.com. Until next week, thank you and God bless. Thank you.